Hey, it's Tim. Thanks for listening to Inside Today's Country. We appreciate you downloading and subscribing. We'd love you to give us five stars. And of course, the big thing too is tell folks about this podcast so more and more people can experience it. If you're looking for somebody to do a voiceover for you or maybe produce a podcast, I'd be happy to talk to you about that. Simply go to my website, timblackonair.com. And if you'd like to sponsor this podcast, we have three levels available for you. Again, more details at timblackonair.com. Here we go with Inside Today's Country. Welcome to Inside Today's Country, the show that gets the real stories from today's country stars, stories you haven't heard anywhere else. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been on the radio interviewing the biggest stars in the business and discovering new talent for more than 20 years, and now in his very own podcast. Are you ready? Let's go Inside Today's Country. On this edition of Inside Today's Country, we introduce you to independent Canadian artist Susie Corey from Toronto, Canada. Susie has an interesting backstory. Growing up in Toronto, then living in the Middle East for a while. Susie started her singing career in rock and then soon found country. She also had the opportunity to meet one of the people who influenced her at a young age. One of my biggest influences, if not the biggest, has been Axl Rose. And, you know, that's from my teenage years. Mm -hmm. I discovered the band Guns N' Roses and um, they were a big inspiration for me. And watching Axl Rose really ignited something for me in terms of wanting to perform and be a performer. We go inside today's country with Susie Corey next. Well, it's always a pleasure when we get a chance to uh, chat with the uh, new artist, and we come across them uh, quite a bit. And uh, this lady, uh, I was listening to her new single, and I thought, wow, I want to talk to this lady, and it is Susie Corey. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Tim. How are you? Fine. You know what? You're one of the people who, uh, as soon as I reached out to you, you were like right on texting, and I got like emails and <laughs> and messages, and and you know what? That that to me shows somebody who is uh, certainly dedicated, wanting to make their craft work properly. Well, I'm so relieved because you know the other impression could go the other way, where you think I'm just stalking you. And, well, I thought uh, that, that too, actually. So I actually think about that as well. Uh, <laughs> All of a sudden, yeah, I'm emailing you and texting yeah. you about everything. I'm like, yeah, um, don't worry, we're going to do the interview. Um, but you know, <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, welcome, as I say, welcome to the podcast. Uh, let's uh, let's find out a little bit about who you are. Uh, as an sure. artist, because you've got kind of an interesting background. Obviously, uh, you're a Toronto-based artist, um, but let's let's go back to where this all began. Well, it began in my infancy when I was a young baby. Okay, well, like <laughs> no, us all I'm then, kidding. right? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I have an interesting story in that I was born in Beirut, but mm-hmm. uh, my parents moved to Canada when I was eight months old, so I grew up in Canada. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until adulthood that I ended up moving to the Middle East and lived there for several years. Um, so having grown up in Toronto, it was a little bit different than what I was used to. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Having said that, though, you know, I'm very much an adventurer at heart. So I thought this is going to be exciting. It's going to be different. Mm -hmm. Certainly was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, don't regret a minute of it. But I didn't imagine I would spend the next 13 years of my life abroad. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it gives you a new appreciation for your hometown. Right. Well, <laughs> tell, us a, tell us a little bit about what, what was your experience like, obviously, from growing to Toronto to, to where you lived for 13 years. Well, the thing is, you know, I'm of Middle Eastern background. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had that at home, mm-hmm. um, you know, the culture and so on. So it wasn't complete shock to me. But I think, you know, having moved to the Middle East uh, after growing up in Canada, where it's just very diverse and there it's more a little bit more restricted, you know, it, it gave yeah. me a, a better understanding of my own culture, which was fantastic. Right. Um, so I really appreciate that. The people I was able to meet and the experiences that I had were just incredible. And, you know, being in that region, it gives you a different perspective. A lot of people already had kind of ideas of mm-hmm. what it's like there. Mm-hmm. But really, when you go there and you see it firsthand, you know, there's nothing that replaces seeing it face to face, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> And, yeah. and and did you appreciate when you when you got to move back to Canada and back to Toronto the 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 whole world must have just felt different for you again definitely you know and I, I don't want to say it in a negative way because I do believe that every experience that we have in this life mm-hmm. it builds your character and it makes you who you are at this sure. moment in time and I kind of like who I am right now so <laughs> it well, that's good really well yeah but you know one thing that was very difficult is for me you know being a lover of music and although when I, I was there I wasn't necessarily writing music or performing um, I never lost my love of music and passion for that and there wasn't a lot of shows to be able to go to Mm -hmm. so when I moved back to Canada I I went crazy with just going to show after show and trying to make up for 13 years of not going to concerts (laughs) (laughs) so who are some of the artists that that you uh like to watch and and uh, learn and grow from well this is just going to sound crazy because you know in terms of watching um some of the concerts that I went to when I first came back here were you know these 80s hair bands (laughs) so Nothing wrong with have, those 80s hair bands at all. Not no. <laughs> at all, you know. And I remember my first show was Motley Crue. And, you know, it was on their supposed farewell tour. But, of course, they're back on tour. Or they're going to be back on tour soon. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it brought back my passion for music. And then, you know, I just go to a lot of local shows as well and watch mm-hmm. local artists. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started going to bars and clubs around Toronto and checking out musicians here. And, Mm -hmm. you know, something changed and I was like, I've got to get back into this music and, and try and build something here. Now you got back into the music, um, but you kind of went rock. Is that correct? Yeah. So when I started doing out the music, I mean, I always cite that one of my biggest influences, if not the biggest has been Axl Rose. And, you know, that's from my teenage years. I discovered the band Guns N' Roses and, um, they were a big inspiration for me and watching Axl Rose really ignited something for me in terms of wanting to perform and be a performer. And, um, you know, I always tell the story that it was actually me being able to meet him that wow. changed everything. Yeah. It was about four years ago. And, um, you know, I was wanting to meet him and mm-hmm. people thought I was crazy, but I planned this whole trip to LA and it was my birthday. And that was kind of like my birthday gift to myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I flew out to LA, figured out where he lived and was driving <laughs> to his home in Malibu. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This goes back yeah, to the stocking conversation earlier. Absolutely. That's why I said, I hope you didn't think, no, well, maybe you didn't know the story. Otherwise you would have looked at this whole situation differently. <laughs> 
But um, yeah, I ended up flying to LA, drove to where his home is, and I was about two minutes away from the house, planning in my head, what am I going to say to security to, you know, just get him out for a minute so I could have a photo and say how much I love him. And he was walking in the street. (laughs) No way. Yes. Wow. (laughs) Just out like walking the dog or what? Um, no, he was walking with a lady friend and, uh, yeah, so I kind of drove up next to him and tried to stay calm and explain to him that it was my birthday. (laughs) I'm sorry for stalking you, but I just want to say hello. And surprisingly, he was so kind and very much a gentleman and said to me, you know, just drive up to my driveway, which was just up the road. And we took a picture there. I talked to him for a little bit and, yeah, it was, you know, amazing to just have that experience. But what did you talk to what did you talk to him about? Well, you know, the thing is you don't want to look like this crazy fan. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I was trying to be more, you know, serious about it and just telling him what an inspiration he was for me. And even though at that time I still hadn't gotten into music myself in terms of performance or writing or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, I just told him, you know, that he's really the person who changed everything for me musically and grew my passion for music um, Mm. from his performing. And I told him that I hope one day him and I would perform on stage together. So (laughs) still hoping. That's all. And what was his reaction to all of that? Like, you know, to be able to, you know, you said he was a a perfect gentleman. What was his reaction to, to meeting a fan like yourself? Well, he was interested, you know, and he asked questions, which it was, I really wasn't expecting any of that. He mm-hmm. just couldn't believe that I'd come from Toronto. Mm-hmm. He's like, are you serious? You know, you came all the way from Toronto. Right. I said, yeah, honestly, I did. And my whole trip was for that reason. And, you know, I mean, it was a gift to myself to go yeah, to yeah. L.A., but sure. the real purpose for that trip, I told everybody, every one of my friends before I was leaving, I'm going to meet Axel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I did. And, you know, the crazier part of the story is that at that moment when I met him, he still hadn't reunited with Guns N' Roses. And when I got back to Toronto, I posted the picture of me and him on my Facebook. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it got picked up by all these news agencies because nobody had seen Axl Rose in like a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. And the picture kind of went viral. So it was exciting. I got my 15 minutes of fame with Axl. For no, all the wrong reasons. No, <laughs> no kidding. That is absolutely amazing. What a great story and a great memory for you to hold on to. Yeah. And, you know, beyond that, just meeting him was amazing. Meeting your idol is an incredible thing. Mm-hmm. But I think it opened up a lot of different things in my mind of what's possible and what you can make happen in your life when you believe in something. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to go, you know what, this dream of wanting to be a performer. Mm-hmm. If I was able to do this with just wanting to meet Axel, well, mm-hmm. then the performer and songwriter and, you know, all that, mm-hmm. I can probably make that happen too. And that's when I, my mindset changed and everything changed. And then you moved over to the world of country. How did that get into your, your brain? So when I first started doing music, I'd reached out to John Angus McDonald from The Trues, Mm -hmm. and he produced my first group of songs, which were rock. And, you know, again, I have a love of rock Mm -hmm. that I I don't think will ever leave me because I kind of grew up on that music. I think we all do in a a way. We all all love rock, right? We all grew up on it, as you say. Well, even, you know, when I moved into the country genre, uh, you realize there's a lot of similarities Mm -hmm. you know and it's like I feel like rock is country's cousin or something Mm -hmm. um but yes I uh, you know started out working with John Angus McDonald here and he produced four of my songs hard rock songs Mm -hmm. and that was great but then a year later I started working with another producer Brent Woods in Los Angeles and I remember you know he plays guitar with Sebastian Bach right now 
from mm-hmm. Skid Row. Mm-hmm. And he also played several years with Vince Neil and, you know, with people like Taylor Hawkins and so on um, from the Foo Fighters. So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, great. This is a guy who's going to make me an awesome rock record. Well, when I went to Los Angeles and I started working with him, we spent two weeks just working on finding a sound. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I didn't really understand what that meant. But he was fantastic at kind of guiding me into finding my own voice and, you know, what it is that I want to say and what is my sound? Who am I? Not trying to emulate anyone, but just trying to be me. Mm -hmm. And when we did that, that's when I started writing these songs that were country. Right. (laughs) And I think it surprised both of us because, you know, he first came in and said, like, these songs you're, you're coming up with and the ideas, it's not really rock. This is more country. And I kind of fought it at first going, no, I'm a rocker, you know, Mm -hmm, through and through. But then slowly I started to see he was right. And you go, you know, I'm not fighting something that is coming out that comes from the heart. And now I'm in a really happy place with where the music went, for Mm -hmm. sure. And who are you drawing from for experience uh, in the country world, uh, both performing and in the writing side of things? Well, you know, um, People ask me, who do you look up to and how did you get into country? What influenced you? And at first, I really couldn't answer that because I I say, you know, I'm not going to lie. I don't necessarily listen to a lot of country music myself. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I realized it was my mother who really uh, listened to country music when I was growing up. So it was always there in the background in my home. Really? yeah, I didn't realize what an influence it had on me. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of interesting, you know, how things work. So for me, even now, when I um, I am listening to country, I listen to the older stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like the Dolly and mm-hmm. Linda Ronstadt mm-hmm. and Emily O'Harris. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's the stuff that really interests me more. I love your voice uh, when you're singing. It's uh, you have a very powerful voice, and uh, it, it certainly shows that you you do listen to some of the older you know genre of country. But I still hear some of the new stuff in it. Uh, you know the new sound of country, and I hear a little bit of rock in there. And your new <laughs> single is called "Settle of the Dust." Tell me a little bit about that. So that's kind of a true story. Um, it was inspired by true events. And, you know, but I think it speaks to the general story of being in love with someone that you know you really can't be with. And um, that story in particular revolves around a musician and the kind of lifestyle that they have and being on tour and, you know, the um, temptations they have on the road. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that person who is left behind and hoping and wishing and waiting that something would change and that this person will wake up and see that, you know, they've got something good, but you realize sometimes they don't even know the difference because maybe they've never really known love, Mm -hmm. you know, or so, and you hear that story very often. And I thought this is a really good thing to kind of, you know, speak of. That's really wild. It's a great little song and a great little story. Well, I have something really interesting about it. I was on a bus one day in Halifax, and I had just kind of finished recording it, got my producer, he'd sent it through to me, and I was so excited that this guy on a bus, uh, the driver, I said to him, listen, I got this new single, I want you to hear it, and he must have thought I was crazy. And I didn't tell him it was me, so I just, I said, "This, you got to listen to the song. He right. goes, okay, so he hooked it up to the bus, and it was playing on the public bus. Oh, you're on transit, <laughs> then, that's awesome. Yes. And then he went, is this Stevie Nicks? Like, does she got something new coming out? Yeah. And I, I asked him to marry me right then and there. Now he <laughs> said no because he was married already. But I said, you know what? Any man who tells me I sound like Stevie Nicks, that's my man. 
Wow. <laughs> and see that that I mean I didn't you know that's kind of the same kind of sound as I was saying to you a minute ago is the fact that I can hear I can hear older country, I can hear newer country, but I can hear the rock in you and yeah, nailing you with the the, the Stevie Nicks sound is in in country is is very cool. Well, she's someone who's a big influence on me um, mm. in terms of female artists and Fleetwood Mac in general. Yeah. I mean, Ru- Rumors is one of my favorite albums. Right. Okay, so now you're in the country world. What country mm-hmm. artists are you looking at, uh, you know, to help your career move forward? I mean, there's, there's uh, you know, in Canada, of course, we have a, a huge pool to draw from. Uh, and internationally, yeah. we have a huge pool to draw from. So as a new and, you know, up-and-comer, who are you looking at that you kind of go, okay, I want to see my myself in their shoes in three to five years i mean for myself one of the artists that i really really admire and again it's not maybe your typical kind of country but it's casey musgraves and mm-hmm. um because i her older stuff i mm-hmm. think was more you know geared towards a cl- more classical country sound um but now she's kind of gone off in different you know um well, she goes in different directions all the time for sure, but right. I kind of like that. Yeah, that she kind of stretches the limits of what mm-hmm. country could be, mm-hmm. which really, I mean, could be said about a lot of artists who've gone the pop um, route. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's uh, her songwriting, her voice, and, um, you know, she has very clever lyrics mm-hmm. in the way she, yeah, takes subjects and, you know, the way she speaks of them. I just, I love her writing style. Susie, I love your outlook on on life, and uh, and uh, congratulations to you for the uh, for your single that is out right now. I hope uh, that it gets picked up and uh, that you have all the success because you're putting it out there in the world right now. And and I really really hope that uh, it comes back to you tenfold. Thank you so much. And you know, Tim, before we started this, I did explain to you that. I myself and I'm sure a lot of independent artists really, really appreciate opportunities like this. And, you know, you said I was so on top of getting back to you as soon as you messaged me. It's because, you know, I realize the value in this and I'm sure a lot of artists do um, to have a platform to be able to speak and to promote our stuff. So I thank you for this opportunity, which is amazing. No problem. My pleasure to do it. Where do people find you on social media? Well, www.suzycorey.com is probably the easiest way. I've got everything there, the pictures, the music, the music videos that have already been done. Um, and, of course, on all the streaming platforms. Excellent. Susie Corey, thanks for hanging out with us on Inside Today's Country, and good luck. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Inside Today's Country with Tim Black. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This has been a TimBlackOnAir.com production.